0: Hello everyone! Welcome to Sec Tools podcast by InfoSec Campus. I'm your host of the show, Sanu Thomas. Today we have the author of Scappy, R2M2, and a bunch of other projects, Kalyum Kedu, with us.
1: Thank you for hosting me. So I'm not the author of Scapy. I'm
0: just one of the
1: three lucky uh, maintainers. Maintainer, yeah. Um, yeah, the, I mean the main author was uh, mm-hmm. is is still Philippe Biondi, another French guy. Yeah. And uh, he started the project uh, 18 years ago. At least it will be 18 in uh, in next October. So that's a quite old project. 2003, right? Yeah. 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 And he asked us to maintain the project like uh, um, two years back. And we've been doing this. Uh, and it's working. I mean, a lot of people are com- um, contributing to the project. It's really nice.
0: Yeah. I mean, coincidentally... Um um philip released the project on 2003 and i noticed that you 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 finished your graduation in 2003. oh one part yes <laughs> and uh, yeah one part and then at some point
1: during my phd uh, i had to to experiment with ipv6 mm-hmm. and that's uh, uh, when i started uh, implementing uh, new things in Scapy. so i was the uh, was one of the guy who implemented the ipv6 support in scapy so that was i guess in 2005 or 2006. Which oh, was at that time one of the first tools to help people
0: um, uh, inject and play with uh, ipv6 packets right um i mean you had you had definitely a computer science background uh, from academics but um, how did you get into infosec oh i guess by luck <laughs> because at first, at first I was, uh, and my
1: major is networking. Mm-hmm. So I was mainly doing networking. And also my PhD was related to uh, networking a specific part of IPv6 called uh, uh, mobile IPv6. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was lucky enough to, to know some people, uh, to know some people in Infosec, including Philippe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and step by step, um, I was discussing with these guys, contributing some projects, playing with Nmap Mm. and so on, uh, trying to to write some uh, um, uh, shellcode payloads and so on. So I I was interested in security just for the sake of uh, learning how things work. Mm. But uh, I mainly did uh, networking. And then after my PhD, I was uh, trying to look for a, a job and a friend of mine introduced me to someone and then that's how I started in InfoSec.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting journey. Um, y- you, I think um, before Scapey was in existence, was there any other packet crafting or, or packet fiddling frameworks or tools? Um, I know yeah, D- I DPKT was after Scapey, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I think at that time you could use um,
0: Hping. Oh, uh, yeah, Hping was there. It
1: was C-based and it was... Uh, uh, Mainly a command line tool, right? So it's different from Skpy. And then you also have uh, Dnet, I guess.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: and Dnet was uh, an API that you could use to inject and read packets.
0: Yeah, HP was uh, HPing was uh, since I don't know how many ages back. But when you uh, when you joined the Skpy team uh, or Skpy development in 2012, uh, if I'm not wrong. Uh, what was your experience in getting into the project, and and how how it all started? Like, um, so b- by that time, already the project was just kind of uh, welcomed and used by this kind of like large community, or it just started after um,
1: that. The community was really small when I started, so it was 2005 or 2006, I think. It was Philip mainly mm-hmm. developing the tool with some um, small contribution from outside? And then I just started to learn Python and implemented uh, uh, some parts of IPv6, mm-hmm. and that's how I started. And then I, because I knew Philippe, I said, okay, uh, here is my uh, uh, proof of concept implementation. And he said, okay, this was a French guy that I know and also work on IPv6, so you two should, should talk together. And that's how we managed to to have this uh, implemented for Skpey and then merge into Skpey. I see. And then I guess my second contribution was the native um, support for uh, BSDs and uh, macOS. So when Scapy was released, it was mainly, it was only targeting Linux. Mm-hmm. Then there was uh, a possibility to use uh, libdnet and libpcap in order to uh, inject and read packets over the network. And that made Scapy compatible with macOS mm-hmm. and the BSDs. But these libraries were Kind of difficult to install, and at some point in time they are also not maintained. So DNet was not maintained.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Later on, uh, um, I think Dirk uh, uh, implemented uh, Windows, the first Windows support, mm-hmm. and then that's why I decided to implement the native uh, uh, support for uh, BSDs and macOS.
0: Yeah, I think um, the the um, I also noticed uh, Skp, um probably in. Yeah, maybe post-2012, I can't recall like what exact date or XID year that I started fielding with SKP, but it actually opened up a large um, venue for um, crafting the packets prob like fairly at the raw level, right? I mean, you're um, pretty much creating every um, IP, TCP IP or UDP IP uh, packets, uh, values or header values and everything like in... Um, In in very granular level, I think that kind of opened the larger areas. And I know that um, NMAP and other um, tools also can use it, like HBing can also use it, but not that very detailed granular level. Um, So, yeah, that project actually um, helped a lot of people, like, creating other tools also, like, people, like, who worked in maybe network or protocol level fuzzing and stuff like that it uses a multiple implementation of uh, Scapy tools. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's brilliant work
1: there. Yeah, it's really fun for us to see that um, Scapy is used a lot uh, for other tools and also used for uh, by people when they are writing exploits and yeah. try to demonstrate uh, exploits. So there was a uh, vulnerability um, uh, uh, in Windows 10, uh, in the IPv6 stack. Um, Oh yeah, it was at the end of uh, uh, 2020, and um, the, the issue was in the the processing of a specific option in a um, IPv6 uh, router advertisements message. And uh, when you go through uh, uh, blogs and so on, the, most of the people use Kp to inject the packet the because packet. that's really simple to build it and inject it.
0: Yeah, I mean, also the 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 code part is like pretty much simplified. Like, I, if I want to create a um a specific crafted packets and it's pretty super simple to like write it maybe a 10 line of score maximum and i should be like get yeah. it done
1: um, and yeah from time to time we have amazing contribution so uh, recently so recently will be one or two years ago um, uh, there was two two guys that uh, implemented the uh, a lot of uh, automotive uh protocol so it's not pos- it's, it's possible today to uh, play with a canvas with your car and inject packets with packets and yeah. so on so it's it's really cool that
0: i mean more and more people are uh, using it right. and uh, implementing really cool stuff what what do you find it more interesting or challenging to maintain a project that's kind of used and accepted by a lot of like a larger community like you definitely will be getting like much uh, pull request and uh, uh, feature requests and whatnot yeah.
1: Currently, my difficulty is to find time to maintain Scapey. I'm lucky we are three, uh, three mm-hmm. maintainers. So that way we are all, always more or less able to have a look at issues, writing uh, code and so on. But uh, since a few weeks or months, I'm less and less able to write new code. So I'm basically reviewing, trying to help people comment and so on. Um, and that's one of the most most changing parts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And something that is difficult that's um, there's some people that uh, just ask questions or say, okay, you see this and that, it's not working, and they just don't care if um, they're wasting your time. So it's a bit annoying, and we spend also quite some time dealing with people that have, indeed, no issue with KPIs that just they don't know how to use uh, the Python programming language or don't know
0: how, uh, how networks. Uh, uh, it supports working. both Python versions right now.
1: Yeah, it was a huge challenge because what we wanted to keep the Python two uh, uh, compatibility, yeah. um, so the code base works on Python two and Python three. Right, um, and we decided to do that. I think we started in two thousand eighteen or seventeen. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of effort, and the first big part was actually to implement. Um, uh, functional and a reg- a regression tests. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I think only 50% of the code base was uh, tested, mm-hmm. and uh, the first big step we did was to expand that number to 75% or 80%, and it indeed was really helpful because when we started uh, moving the uh, the, the Python3 implementation uh, compatibility, uh, it managed to catch catch a, catch a lot of bugs. Mm-hmm.
0: If I ask you, um, what would be your favorite feature of scappy
1: mm, What I really like is, uh, of course, the IPv6 support mm-hmm. because uh, that's my baby. I use it a lot for during my thesis and I'm using it to teach ipv 6 mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, so that's something I developed. And then there's also <laughs> cool stuff I really like that the native uh, BSD support because when I I implemented that, I learned a lot in the process, but uh, um, what I really enjoy with KP is the ability to write uh, a packet definition Mm -hmm. um, in a really simple way, and then being able in one definition to read packets and uh, also uh, send packet to the network. So it's a really simple um, and convenient way to describe a binary format, mm. not only network packets.
0: Uh, the the support for like large uh, now there are like IOTs and canvas and um, there are healthcare uh, machines and whatnot. Um, how do you kind of uh, manage to get all these protocols supported? Like is that largely community driven?
1: It's it's many contributors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I did not contribute to a new protocol since a long, long, long time. Mm. So in my case, when I contribute to a new protocol, that's because I have use case either at work or at home. But uh, these days I'm mainly focusing on the core and trying to fix issues uh, reported by the community.
0: Okay. Do you have a regular release patterns like yearly or how do you maintain that?
1: No, <laughs> it's uh when we have time and when we can do it so what we try to do is we try to do one release per year okay, uh, okay. and then it depends at some point it used to be in december then it was in april and this date it's more like uh, july or august
0: right but because i see uh, Skeppy has like active contributions and active releases so it definitely cannot be random like you have some plans uh, planned releases
1: mm-hmm we don't have plans so what we aim to do is yeah one one release per year um, again because we don't have much time and and we think that uh, it's much better to use the the github development version right because all bugs are fixed mm-hmm. and uh, it's more like a rolling release and yeah and we do only do one one per
0: year great and then you you also contributed to radar uh, on one of the plugin like r2m2 uh, how did yeah, that okay. uh, project happen? It was also like one of the use case you are trying to solve.
1: Oh, um, well, that's, uh, that's part of a bigger project. So it uh, was five years ago, um, I bought um, um, an SD card that you can plug in your camera. And this SD card can do um, Wi-Fi. So it's possible to access your photo. Over Wi-Fi with your smartphone, for example.
0: This is similar talk that you have given in uh, Black Hat. On Black Hat. Toshiba yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, th- I wanted to actually talk about that that research because what interested me was like you spent really detailed effort in um, getting that exploit working. Like took what two to three years time.
1: Uh, I I started in December 2014, and Black Hat was in August 2018. <laughs> but it was really fun on the way, so I bought the card, and, and my, my idea was to, to build a really cheap um, uh, photo frame and picture frame over Wi-Fi because, like, these stuff are expensive, so I wanted to buy a really cheap uh, 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 frame mm-hmm. and plug the card, and then I have the picture frame and I have Wi-Fi, and here we go. So, unfortunately, it was not possible to access and read Um, This SD card from the picture frame, so I I was like uh, left with um, a card with no usage. So what I decided to do was to uh, dig over the internet and try to um, access the firmware. And then the next goal was to uh, find the CPU architecture. So it took me a lot of time and finally a friend said, oh, you should have a look at these specific strings because that could be uh, registered names. Mm So we finally uh, found that the name of the architecture is uh, Toshiba MEP, mm-hmm. uh, Specific uh, Japanese Processor. And then the main issue is the only implementation to have a look at the instruction that's uh, Objdump mm-hmm. uh, from uh, binutils, which is not really uh, convenient when you want to do reverse engineering. Basically, yeah. you don't have the, the blocks, it's in the graph, so it's really uh, annoying. And so the next step was to um, try to implement uh, a disassembler. Mm -hmm. And again, I knew some people. I knew the developer of uh, my SM2. Mm -hmm. And my SM2 is a bit like Scapy for reverse engineering. So if you write um, uh, a specification uh, of uh, an instruction, for example, move or add. Mm-hmm. Uh, my SM will be more or less able uh, automatically to assemble, disassemble, and also emulate the instruction. Okay. So there is no, it there is a lot of work to do, mm-hmm. but it's not that difficult. So I decided to do that in my SM, and then I was able to disassemble uh, my binary, trying to understand. And the next step was to have a graphical interface, because my SM is uh, just a Python library. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had two choices, re-implement everything again with uh, IDA, for example, or Binary Ninja. Mm. Um, G- Gateway was not uh, released yet. Mm-hmm. And then I discovered radar project, which was uh, kind of fun. And at first I made a small proof of concept. Um, and the goal of the, the proof of concept was to call um, Python code from uh, radar. And that's how R2M2 started. It means uh, RADAR2 to uh, uh, RADAR2 plus uh, my SM2. Very interesting. And then again, lucky, I submitted the talk to the R2Con conference, which was the first one, yeah. first uh, RADAR uh, conference. And uh, I met a lot of really cool people because the RADAR community is really big yeah. and um, a lot of uh, smart and nice people. So I talked to them and I was... Uh, able to contribute to a small
0: piece of the project. Yeah, a lot of uh, plugins are actually getting contributed to Red Hat also from communities, a large support there. Uh, All the work was kind of, uh, you rather like learned all the projects that are existing and kind of uh, created a proof of concept. So is that like a normal pattern or like, is that kind of a uh, easier way to contribute to projects? Because this is always, um, maybe my personal questions there is, Um, It's easy to develop like my own code because I can just do like easy coding on my own standards. But to read somebody's code and then kind of implement uh, one piece of code on their project, um, the approach of creating the first POZ and submitting it and see how their feedback is. But is that like your approach of doing it is like kind of helping you, I guess.
1: (laughs) But you know, the people from Odawa are really nice. There's a... a channel when you can ask questions and people will uh, um, give you answers. The main developer, uh, Pancake, is amazing. I mean, yeah. it's like like it's you never sleep sleep. Uh, um, and uh, and they also they are, they receive a lot of issues um, on GitHub and they tag the really simple issues with uh, really easy or I, I forgot the name. It's uh, a uh, good first uh, pull request or something like that so if oh. you want to contribute you can just uh, check this tag and then you will be able to identify um, a good good place to start and with kp if you are uh, if you want to contribute you can just ask us on the on the channel or uh, open an issue and say, okay i want to help what can i do and from time coming... to time we have people helping uh-huh. for example in october the the the, the company uh, the cloud company digital ocean Hmm. Um, they made the Hacktoberfest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's something, if you contribute to an open source project, uh, then they will plant a tree or send you a t-shirt. Hmm. Yeah. And in October, uh, there was a bunch of people contributing to Scapy, just to get their t-shirt. Did you, or, did
0: you also get some Hacktober? Yeah. So that's a really, really good initiative. Yeah. Okay. This is probably like more serious questions, right? But just to, you know, um just to throw it anyways, um, but did, did you also get, especially for the Hacktober period, like, did you also get some, maybe a README update just to get the t-shirt?
1: Oh, no, uh, no, 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 it was real code.
0: Oh, okay, okay, that's good, yeah. that's good.
1: Because we had to approve and say that it was useful in some way.
0: I see, I see, because there was it lot was of...
1: not only fixing typos, and yeah. it was, I mean, we, we got like, three or four really interesting uh, uh, contributions.
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of uh, noise on, on the Twitter land for the hacktober is kind of getting abused by a lot of other uh, contributions <laughs> because... just, oh, uh, just
1: we, we, we got lucky.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or people who actually use escape is the most sensible, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Great. If you want to give some advice or comments to people who are actually getting into InfoSec or people who wanted to start contributing to open source um, code, or wanted to like write uh, new projects, um, What what's your advice there? Oh, uh, that's indeed three different questions. So, contributing
1: to open source, um, I think the best is to find a project that you like, that you use, uh, and that you want to improve,
0: mm.
1: and then the best is to uh, ask the community. The community could be one person or whatever. It could be a channel somewhere on Slack or Discord. Or you can just ask, OK, uh, I want to help you. I like your tool. That could be a good good start. Um, or you can just have a look at uh, open issues and try to fix them. Mm-hmm. You can also and that's a really good start. Um, try to answer a question on issues try to answer question on a, on a Slack channel, because mm-hmm. if you do that, you will learn a lot, and also you will uh, free uh, maintenance time. Mm-hmm. You can also write a documentation, improve the website. Uh, so I think everything is uh, welcome in open source. Then the question of Infosec, uh, I, uh, that's difficult, but um, something that works for me is, Pick a topic, uh, try to learn new things, Mm -hmm. write a lot of notes, talk to people, uh, contribute at some point, uh, uh, say thank you to people that help you, and um, share. So write documentation, share your tools, and so on. That's why I decided to, to go that far with the SD cards in order to do the Black Hat talk and share what I did with other people, try to contribute to Radar, try to contribute to my SM Mm -hmm. and so on. And raising a new tool, that's a difficult question. But the first, I think, key element is to make sure that it's not only working on your laptop. And that is, these days, not that difficult to do. For example, if you contribute your project to GitHub, what you can try to do is uh, play with something called CI, continuous integration. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, one of the easiest way to do it is called GitHub Actions. Mm. And the goal of CI in that case, just to make sure that uh, your code will be able to run at least on the GitHub infra- infrastructure and then run your test. And that will help you writing better code and make sure that uh, at least someone else <laughs> that is a GitHub server will be able to run your code. Right. And if you're scared that uh, it's too, too, too difficult, what you could do is uh, pack everything in a Docker image Hmm. and distribute the Docker image. Uh, Because at some points, if your tool is really strange, difficult to install, not that well-written, but still you want people to try it, if you put it in the Docker image, people will be able to try it really easily.
0: Yeah, thanks uh, for those comments. And thanks very much for your time sharing all this knowledge. Uh, this is really helpful and this is our first episode of this year and i'm really really happy to have you thanks for inviting me it was uh, really nice thanks everyone for listening to the podcast we'll see you in the next one